0: the corner. Yes, it means real football, but it also means fantasy football. And now for myself and Gulick, while we do play, we may not necessarily call ourselves experts. So of course, we've got to bring somebody in who can give us all of the details and the 411 to help you guys when it comes to drafting your favorite Indianapolis Colts for your fantasy football season. But without further ado, Pierre Wilson, thank you for coming on the show and welcome to the fifty six.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Most wonderful time of the year. Football's back, ready to get into it and dive into some fantasy.
0: Right, you know, absolutely. So obviously with fantasy football, you know, a lot of a lot of scoring formats, a lot of different ways to play. I'm sure we've all got our separate preferences, but Gula, let's start with you. Is there any uh, format you kind of stray to or do you kind of bounce around?
2: Yeah, I usually just stick to, uh, you know, just like a basic PPR uh, format league. Um, you know, this year, um, I'm trying to try out something new doing, uh, uh, doing, doing a super flex league. And then, um, I'm actually, uh, going to do, um, and my first auction league, um, the draft is coming up very soon. So that'll be a new experience for me, but, um, usually I just play it safe, um, and just do like a PPR, um, league, nothing too crazy on my end, but I do really like playing fantasy football. Yeah, definitely.
0: You know, I love it. As for myself, you know, I, I stick to PPR. If it's not PPR, you're not speaking my language, but I mean, I'll play around with it. Like i for example, one of my longest running leagues I run it with me and a bunch of people I went to high school with, we've been running it for like 10 plus years now. That leaves crazy we run two quarterbacks, two defenses, four wide receivers. Like it's absolutely crazy. It's, it's a 14 teamer. It's pure chaos. But uh, Pierre, what about you? What's your favorite go-to and do you bounce around? So I do a little bit of everything. Um, my go-to
1: is probably DFS, so I'm a big daily fantasy sports guy. Uh, play a ton of DFS contests. from a a standard fantasy football format. I think I lean PPR as well. Uh have some super flex leagues. Uh, quite a few I've done for, for charity are super flex. I uh, half PPR. I think standards kind of fall into the wayside a little bit. have some dynasties, some keeper leagues. I think I'm in one IDP, so a little all over the place. Uh, try not to overload it. Uh, sometimes I have too many teams going on, but I tend to like to dabble in a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah, definitely. I like it. Obviously, that's why we bring you on. So, you know, let's jump right into it. Obviously, let's reference last year. So as we know, Jonathan Taylor, who we all call him the best back in the league, deal with it. But he he finished as RB1 last year in all fantasy football format. So, Pierre, we'll go to you. You're the expert. What's the chance on him repeating that? Because if I remember correctly, I actually know this one. I think the last back to repeat as RB1 was something like Priest Holmes, right? Yeah, the
1: chances aren't great, but his talent gives him the opportunity. Um, but you got to you know, go into account with injuries, things along those lines. So I think the 1B the right now is Christian McCaffrey to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he had been 1A until his injury concerns. So I feel if Taylor can stay healthy. I think he has a better chance of repeating than people or, or history gives credit for.
0: Yeah, you know, that, again, like the, the fact that it's pre, no one's repeated since Priest Holmes is kind of crazy. And, you know, even just looking at the league, it's like obviously, like, again, we're going to be biased towards Taylor, with no doubt. But you know, there's a lot of good backs in the league. You know, you obviously mentioned CMC, but I mean, Najee Harris is another Another one, Derrick Henry obviously gets up there. Dalvin Cook, there, there's a lot of good backs. So, you know, so Anthony, I'll, I'll jump to you if want to stick on the running back thing. So, now obviously, you know, we're, we're big on Taylor, but so if you let's just assume you have pick number two, so Taylor's gone. Running back, who
2: you going? Um, I don't know, it's hard to say. I would probably go Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, I think I think talent wise alone, and just what he's done in fantasy football in the past, I think he he is the one B, and he is the second best player there. But because of the injury concerns, um, you know, it's 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 definitely questionable there. Um, it's like you said, there's other great backs as well. Um, a lot of people love Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, um, Najee Harris, guys like that. Um, so definitely uh, a lot of guys to choose from. Uh, but I'd probably go McCaffrey just because. Uh, you know, uh, last time he was healthy, I'm pretty sure he went for a thousand thousand, and he went crazy in fantasy that year. So, um, I, I think pure talent alone, I think he's he's worth the risk.
0: Yeah, you know, and obviously, especially with the running back position, and you know, since kind of like Pierre mentioned, standards kind of fell to the that like PPR kind of is king when you have those dual threat backs. That, that's you know, it's multi points there. Obviously, points that you know receptions, not just rushing yards, whatnot. So obviously, you know, multi-threats like a CMC, obviously JT, you know, Austin Eckler's another big guy who does multiple things on the football field. It, it, there's a lot of ways you can get your, your points. But so obviously we're on running back. So Pierre, we're going to go back to you because let's talk about Michael Pittman Jr. Where last season, I want to say he finished as wide receiver 15. I think I have that correctly. But coming into this year, he's got Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan has a track record of peppering his number one receiver with targets. You know, Pittman finished last season with 121. Ryan, I believe, averages 169 targets to his wide receiver one. So what kind of potential are we looking for with Michael Pittman Jr. coming into this season?
1: So I haven't ranked in the top 10 this season. Um, As you stated, Ryan has done a really good job of, of getting wide receivers targets. Uh, you look at Calvin Ridley before the, the injuries, before the suspensions, even back to, you know, Julio Jones, Ryan White, you know, he's really good at, at feeding his, his wide outs. And Pittman's the guy in Indianapolis. Um, you hear it all over, a little concern about pass catchers, uh, concern about receivers after Pittman. And I think, you know, Ryan may have those same concerns. Once the, the season kicks off, you know, you go to your security blankets and that guy is Michael Pittman Jr. so I feel like he has a top 10 finish in him. I think uh you're right around it, yeah, 15, 16 uh when it came to the finishes last year with Wentz. Uh, I feel like Ryan's going to be more accurate. He's going to get in the ball in better position, so I do have top 10 upside for Mr. Pittman.
0: All right, I like it. I like it I and mean, I'm just to hit you right back. So him, so what about for Matt Ryan, you know, cuz again, quarterback, that's a there's a lot of gunslingers in the league so where do you have him in your ranking so i'm gonna go out on
1: the limb i'm gonna i'm gonna say top 10 for him as well and the reason i say that is so you look at carson wentz he had a lot of flaws he had a lot of mistakes but when you look at strictly from a fantasy perspective he finished his qb 14 last season uh he had 27 touchdowns seven interceptions obviously that's the big stat uh that was tossed around during the offseason but you look at his, his end of the season, he was awful. Like his last four or five games, he was really, really bad. They had to really hand, really uh, lean on Jonathan Taylor that much more. And I don't feel like that's going to be the case for, for Ryan. I feel like he's going to find consistency. Uh, he's going to take what the defense gives him. So I can actually see him being a borderline, you know, bottom top 10 type guy around that 10, 11 range.
0: Definitely, obviously, like the sound of that, because I I mean, if anything, a good fantasy football finish means that obviously the regular season teams actually you know producing as well. So, Anthony, I'm gonna go to you on this one because obviously, when it comes to fantasy football, definitely there is an urge to try to load up your team with your favorite players. What do you do to kind of combat that, though?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what what I like to do personally every year, I like to you know, sprinkle in a few players from my favorite team every year. So, um, you know, we're just talking about Michael Pittman. Last year, he kind of went under the radar. So I snagged him in like the sixth, seventh round, and then he kind of exploded. um, Like the the game that um, just uh, comes to mind at first was uh, against San Francisco. I think he had like, say, two touchdowns in that game. And you know, everybody was wondering in, in the middle of the season how the hell did Anthony get this guy? You know what I mean? And I'm like, hey, like you got to know about the Colts to get this guy. But now, but now he's you know he finished in the top fifteen and he went and he went uh, a lot earlier this year in uh, in uh, most drafts. But uh, I like to sprinkle in a few a few uh, guys of my favorite team um, every year, especially the Colts defense. The Colts defense created a lot of turnovers last year, and that was a big uh, selling point for me this year. So. Uh, I I always like to you know bring in uh, a, a a few of my guys, not not a lot of them, but just like ma- like mainly the main guys, and then uh, you know a few sleepers here here or there if they're taken. Yeah, you know, I'm definitely with you on that. You know, ironically enough, for
0: I had a streak for like a while where I consistently drafted Ty Hilton, like it just it kept happening, and there were times where I was trying to avoid it, and then he would just fall into my lap. Obviously, so obviously, I'm not going to have that issue this year. But yeah, I mean, and ironically enough, that you mentioned about Pittman, you know, getting slept on, especially last year, it was the same thing with Ty Hilton. It was when one who's hitting his peak. Because at least on the, just on the numbers alone, he was up there. Obviously, he's not going to compete with like the Antonio Browns and the Julio Joneses of the world. But in terms of fantasy and obviously even on field of production, he was always a pretty decent receiver. But obviously, something you said about you know getting those gems and hidden guys definitely said this to my next And so, Pierre, we're going to go to you because this is what we really wanted you for now. So obviously, you know everyone knows Pittman, everyone knows JT. But who are those hidden gems? Those late round guys you can get who can be you know, starters on your fantasy team or even just good bench stashes?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna stick to the backfield for this first one. Um, talking PPR formats, it's going to be Naeem Hines. Uh, I really like him this year, especially based off his ADP. He's getting drafted so late, and a lot of that's because he was kind of missing an action under Wentz. But uh, as you've heard all offseason, one of Wentz's biggest problems was he, he wouldn't take the layups, he would take the checkdowns. Whereas Matt Ryan is more than happy to, to take checkdowns. We've seen it throughout his history. Uh, we saw Tevin Coleman uh, and Freeman both be uh, in that Falcons backfield, both be top backs. Even last year alone, you look at Mike Davis, Cordell Patterson, they were both, I believe, in the top 12 uh, for targets from running backs. Uh, you look at training camp, you've seen him being played in the slot and being more as a pass catcher, he being Hines. So I really like Naheem Hines as a sleeper. Uh, he also provides Taylor Insurance. You hope Taylor stays healthy. Uh, you pray nothing happens to him. But if so, you know, it's going to be even more on Hines and probably a little bit of Lindsey as well. So I really like Naeem Hines uh, from a running back standpoint. And at receiver, it's going to get interesting. So a lot of the talk to start has been obviously on Paris Campbell, if he can stay healthy, if he's going to be on the field. He's been projected as the wide receiver too. I actually think it's Alec Pierce. I think they, they drafted him for a reason. I caught him Jordy Nelson Jr. when he was there in Cincinnati. He just has so many traits uh, that reminds me of Jordy Nelson. My wife's a big Packers fan, so I watched a lot of Jordy Nelson. So Alec Pierce is the receiver after Pittman that I'm kind of targeting right now. He's kind of dropped a bit because Campbell's kind of jumped him at ADP. Uh, but when you look at the speed that he has, the 4 3 speed, the size, he's used to going up, catching jump balls there from Ritter in Cincinnati. Torch Notre Dame uh, for the Irish fans here in Indiana. So Alec Pierce, Naeem Hines are the two big ones uh, that I'm targeting late in draft for the coach right now.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I like it. And so just a real quick follow-up, Zofsky, you went a lot on Hines. Mm -hmm. So are you drafting him as a handcuff to Taylor, or is he the type of guy where you can kind of pick him as a standalone? Both. I I got him both. So on lineups, I got Taylor. I have him. And on the ones
1: I miss Taylor. I'm picking him up as well because he can get you so much value being a pass catcher. So we're talking about PPR, half PPR. They can hit a floor that's good for you. You know, you're looking, sometimes it's eight to 10 points is enough when you're looking at our RB2 or a, a flex, especially when you get into the bye weeks, when you get into injuries, et cetera. It's good to just have that guy that can maybe just chip away and get you enough to where your, your studs that are in the lineup can take care of the rest. So I like him regardless, uh, whether I have Taylor
0: or not. All right, definitely. You know, obviously, good to know. So, Anthony, I'm going to go back to you because so the Colts have a late bye week, and so now at least in fantasy, you know, managing your bye weeks very important. But it was one thing you, meant, you talked earlier about the defense. So, with the late bye week, does that affect your picking, or does it? Or like, do you kind of prefer it? Since in this case, since Colts have late bye week, is that better for you?
2: Yeah, with the late bye week, I actually do prefer it. Um, you you know, uh, with with the, the the way that I draft and everything like that, um, it 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 works out in my favor because um, late later in the year, you can uh, you know see who's injured, who's not, and you know make some nice waiver wire claims uh, later in the year. So um, it def- it definitely played a factor, and um, I'm more of a more of a fan of the. Uh, the, the the approach that um, it's, it's better if it's uh, later later in the year so you know I'm not scrambling you know say seven uh, say week seven or eight um, to grab something yeah you know I doesn't like it obviously you know
0: so with the indie defense the first two weeks of the season you get the Texans and you get the Jaguars so I mean I don't obviously I don't know what kind of scoring system you guys use but at least in some of my leagues. The defense could pile up some points for you, especially if they get a, a cakewalk opponent like that. But, uh, so we're getting close to wrapping up here. Pierre, we're going to go to this final question. I think it's a perfect segue because you did mention you play Daily Fantasy, and when I'm looking at this Colts tight end room, I'm not seeing kind of like a singular guy that you can just slot in your regular lineup. So when we're playing Daily Fantasy here, and maybe I guess even I'll open it to other positions, but with the Colts tight ends, is there one you think is going to – take the lead on that or I don't know you tell me it's
1: tough um obviously Ogletree looked like he was separating himself before the the ACL um I'm leaning Kylan Granson uh right now I I feel like he's gonna fit the mode of kind of that Trey Burden row where he can be the the pass catcher I know I know Mo Mo Allen Cox will be used in the red zone kind of be that jump ball guy but in between the hash marks, I, I really like Kylan Granson. I think he'll he'll hopefully take that next step. I know he was in tight end U, you know, the big tight end university with all the top guys learning tricks there. Uh, again, he's not a rookie. Sometimes it's tough for, for rookies like Jelani Woods to kind of take that step that first year. Uh, Granson's already got that under his belt. Um, he started to come on a little bit here late uh, in the preseason. One thing with a, a daily fantasy uh, standpoint, so these guys are getting salaries. Uh, when it comes to DFS, and when you look at the coach tight ends, that unknown keeps their salaries really low, so you can find a, a punt type of play at the price that these coach tight ends are coming in at, and I think early on, I'm going to go Granson, try to get on him before everyone else does, as I think he's going to separate himself as the pass-catching tight end uh, by the time the season starts to get into to play.
0: All right, young, definitely good stuff there. And then I actually lied because I just remembered one more question. We need to touch on Dynasty. So with this Colts receiver room, we know that the top three is pretty much set. That's Pittman, Pierce, and Campbell. But those bottom three guys, Adulin, Strawn, and Patman, what's their value in a Dynasty type of league as a stash? Is that worth it, or should you leave them on the wire? I leave them on the wire. Uh, when you look at Dynasty, you,
1: you want to really target – A lot of those guys drafted, you know, top three, top three rounds. So obviously Pierce would be in that bunch, but Patman, you know, strong, you kind of got to wait. You got to wait and see if one of them takes the step. And then if so, you can obviously jump on them because they'll be out on the waiver wire to pick up for free. So I wouldn't waste any draft capital on those guys just yet. Wait to see if one develops.
2: I think that you, you uh, leave them, leave them on the waiver. Uh, wire. I mean, I mean, basically what I did with Mike Strawn last year, um, you know, he's a big question mark, but you just want to leave him sitting there and then he ended up being a healthy scratch all year. So um, I think, you know, they're pretty unproven. So I've, I think you like, it's, it's a smart move just to leave him there on the waiver wire.
1: I agree. And they'll be available. So if an injury happens and please don't let an injury happen because our, our death is struggling right now, but if an injury happens They'll definitely be uh, available for you to pick up and, and then stash after that.
2: Yeah, I think that kind of goes for the tight ends as well. I mean, and in a lot of leagues, like all of the tight ends are going undrafted, and that's you, you know a, a couple of years ago. I remember with with Philip Rivers, uh, Mo Ali Cox came out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden he was he was a big waiver wire pickup. So I think I think the tight ends are also like a a. All of them really—it's just a group to watch for, like later in the year.
1: Well, yeah, and Wright likes the, the tight ends. Like you, you saw it in Philly with uh, Hurts, then Goddard. Late, they even used Brent Selick for a while uh, when he first got here. We saw Ebron—you know—had that really big year uh, with Luck to start, and then obviously we know what happened there. But uh, he likes to use his tight ends, and obviously no Jack Doyle, so it's it's definitely possible uh, to take a wait and see approach. But the the thing is, is once one of those guys, as soon as they have a big game, folks are going to grab them because they're going to assume they're the top tight end right off the bat.
0: Yeah, you know, definitely. Obviously, a lot of good stuff there. Well information stuff. Obviously, we're going to do it and end it off here. So, obviously, first things first, Pierre. Can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, Do ourselves a favor real quick and let our listeners and followers know where they can find you. Yeah, so I'm
1: a part of the Fantasy Impact Today Network uh you can find that over on twitter at uh fit today with an underscore part of the dfs streamers co-host of that podcast and you can follow me on twitter myself at pw31 uh p w e e number 31
0: Yep, definitely appreciate that. You can find all that information on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. That will be put in the description. Definitely give those guys a follow. They do a lot of great work when it comes to fantasy and helping you guys win your fantasy football leagues. Definitely, if you're not already, make sure you're giving us a follow on Twitter at FirstAnd56. At First, F-I-R-S-T-A-N-D-5-6 is the handle make sure to give our friends rave on sports a follow where you sport fans can be heard app available on ios and android this season just like last season i have the privilege of hosting all the indianapolis colts battle chats a giant group chat where you and all other fellow fans of your team and opposing teams are watching the game and reacting in live action it gets fun it gets hectic it gets crazy there's a lot of back and forth but it's definitely a good time Rave on sports make sure you're down the app and also give them a follow and last but not least make sure to give our friends emq podcast a follow we are officially a part of the locker room representing the indianapolis colts one of 32 content creators in the nfl locker room you're going to see a lot of the stuff from us from them come out all over these different platforms make sure you're in tune for that but definitely on behalf of myself and Gulick our guest pierre first and 56 thanks for tuning in thank you for listening and that is 156 out